This is CT Startup, your source for information on entrepreneurs, investors, and resources in the Connecticut startup ecosystem. From university campuses to industrial labs, from Stanford to Hartford, and from Danbury to Norwich, if it's happening out there in Connecticut, you'll find it in here. Now it's time to enter into a world of innovation, a world of human struggles, heartbreak, and achievement. And most of all, a world of wonder. Welcome to CT Startup. Hey everyone, we're back here uh, for CT Startup, and uh, it's one of your co-hosts, Eric Francis from Trifecta Ecosystems. I'm Chris Tomorrow with uh, Sublime Exposure Online. And we're here today with Margot Ebling from Inspirational Creatures. How are you doing, Margot? Great, thanks. So uh, tell us a little about, about these Inspirational Creatures, because uh, this is, I would say, this is going to be maybe one of the more fun podcasts, because it's a little bit different of a product, but uh, so tell us a little about these creatures. Sure. Um, inspirational creatures are plush dolls. They are each about 11 to 12 inches high, and they have, they're made of soft fleece and some felt pieces. They have a beanbag bottom, um, and you can see them online on our website. And um, they're meant to be cute and fun and bring a little mythical humor to your daily life. <laughs> nice, nice. So uh, this company is a little bit, uh, you know, young, so it's just about a year old. You just said uh, just this week is a year old or what? It's about exactly a year old because we started it in February 2017. Very but we'd been talking about it for some months before that, but I, I would consider that the start. Yeah, yeah. nice. So I'm obviously going to have to use the, the word, but uh, inspirational. What was the inspiration behind, you know, starting this? <laughs> Well, um, so it's a, it's a family company. It's really a joint venture for me and my husband, Sean. Um, and he is more of a business guy, business background. I come from a more uh, eclectic, artistic, and actually now medical background. Um, so anyway, he's, he's worked on a lot of startup businesses and worked for other companies. He was out at, in San Francisco during the end of the dot-com boom. And so he's Part of his mindset is often thinking of new business ideas, how to grow new businesses, yep. and so from the time that I met him, he'd be like, "What about this idea? What about that idea?" <laughs> have, you know, and like I was thinking with this other friend of mine, we could start a business like this, and so he would come up with these different ideas, and invariably I would then punch holes in most of them and tell him why these things wouldn't work. <laughs> but as um, you should, as the wife, you got to keep your your you know yeah, your husband grounded you know, a little that's bit. That's my job. Yeah. That's my job. But um, one of his ideas was to come up with a creative gift, fun gift as a as an office gift, and he really loves the show The Office, mm -hmm. and he also has some interest in the Lord of the Rings kind of mythical world and superheroes, um, and he was like, why can't we bring these wonderful things together? <laughs> and so sometimes when he describes the company, he describes um, he describes inspirational inspirational creatures as if. The Office was cast with characters from Lord of the Rings. Oh, wow. That All right. Okay, idea. so now I'm understanding it. Okay. My, Michael Scott. What would Michael Scott be? <laughs> Is he <laughs> the orc? He's the boss? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Right. We'll, we'll have plenty of pictures yep. of these guys up on so our I guess, site. So I guess uh, show us the, the lineup of the of the people that would you know be cast from the Lord of the Rings into uh, the show The Office. Uh, well, I mean, Michael Scott would certainly be the CEO, um, okay. who is a blue character with, uh, with horns. Um, and he has a golf club also because he likes well, to golf. Well, of That's course, his thing yeah. in a red tie. He's the boss. That, you yeah. know, that's what you get to do. Yeah, kind of the figurehead boss. Um, but we think he's pretty cute. Um, you know, the sales goblin would probably be, um. Dwight. Help me out here. Yeah. He would be, that's, Dwight. that's Dwight. Yeah. yeah. That looks like, he, he looks like he takes it very seriously. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And he's got, and he's, we really like this piece. The sales goblin, um, is, who is a green goblin with one eye larger mm -hmm. than the other, 
just describing it for the guests that are just listening. Um, also has a hands-free headset because As you he's should like be talking constantly the on the yep. sales call. Yep. And he has a red felt coffee mug that says coffee is for closers. So, so for a lot of people, <laughs> that's going to be a line from the old Glen Gary Glen, uh, Glen Ross, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because okay. coffee is for closers. And th- that's, that's b- b- before my time, too. So I have to say that's, uh, that's me reaching back into like the, you know, the vintage movies. but <laughs> Making yeah. me feel old over here. <laughs> my God. <laughs> but uh, all right, cool. So then who else? Who else we got? Then uh, the third line, the third character in our office creature lineup is the office fairy, um, who's our first clearly female character, and she has wings and a lovely pink garland and big pointy ears and big eyes, and a very charming Peter Pan style white collar because she, you know, likes to dress for success. And she's holding a green candy bowl because she's like the person in the office who always has the candy. Everybody's yeah. favorite. Right. Another reference to the office. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, kind of the goodwill ambassador. She's nice. she's the gal who fixes the copy machine that was broken for the last three months and just sort of keeps um, spirits high. Keeps keeps the office from falling apart keeps the with her magic apart. little yeah. thing of candy. So so yeah. now like again when when you first brought him in, I was like I was like you know I'm trying to understand like who is this for? Who are who are you going to give these gifts for? And and clearly you're giving them to your coworkers, right? Because it's like who cares about the chocolate or the this or that, right? It's just trying to be you know keep the keep the environment fun. Yeah, exactly. And that was sort of the idea for the, like, we're designing gifts for what purpose? What what role is this gift supposed to, what job is yeah, this yeah. gift supposed to do? What job is this product supposed to do? And so the idea was when people give gifts in, the, in an office environment, whether it's to recognize a retirement or to someone's birthday, it's like there's always this, it seems to me, there's very often a moment where you're like, well, I want to be going to get it for so-and-so, <laughs> and can you, like, sign this card? and. Yep. And what are you going to give them, like a, a pen? I mean, some of these gifts are really pretty awful. Here, here's a notepad to remember me by. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we thought, you know, here's something that's a little more fun, a little more personal, but, you know, still kind of unique to the office environment. And we could do a whole cast of characters of all the different roles that people play in the office, combinations of their actual job, you know, the accountant, the IT guy, um, the receptionist, the CEO, the human resources – and then combine each of those career tracks with a mythological, fantastical creature, yeah. and with some of the sort of superhero qualities that that person might possess in their role. I'm 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 picturing the accountant. And it's a dragon. He's got a little pot of gold, and he's got glasses. <laughs> he's got yeah. And he's not letting that gold go. Yeah. 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 So, so like, so are you? Uh, so you, you, you and your husband, you're saying that he's a startup guy. You're kind of like the creative, creative aspect to us. Is like, so how'd you go about uh, making the first one? So you started, you know, talking about, oh, we're gonna have Michael be this and Dwight be that, right? Mm-hmm. So, so how, how'd you go about doing like the first uh, few first prototypes? Um, well, I happen to come from a very craftsy, uh, artsy kind of family, and my mother is a very skilled seamstress. Okay. Um, and she and I talked to her about, do you think we could construct one of the, this doll idea? We had an idea for how big it, would, it should be because we wanted it to be 
big big enough, substantial enough that we could charge like around twenty dollars per doll, and mm-hmm. that but that would also like fit on someone's desk, you know. It'd be um, like visible, right? Because I mean, the, I mean, if you yeah. saw this on somebody's desk, you'd be like, oh, what is that? Yeah, I mean, you definitely say something. Yeah, it's like it could be your cubicle buddy. Yeah, you know, so you kind of want something. Oh, some like, people are gonna start talking to it. It can be a ther. Oh my god, this would be like a therapy tool. Yeah, it's a good it's a good kind <laughs> of ball size, and because it has a beanbag bottom, I mean, you could throw it around the room. You could. These things okay, gonna be well, flying okay, between yeah, exactly. cubicles. Yeah. Now, now we're just getting a little crazy. You know. <laughs> so I, you know, so I went to my to my mother who lives in the same town as me, and I asked her if she'd be interested in helping me kind of bring this project to the next step, which would be to make make a creature mm-hmm. and just see what it looks like and what it would be, and I would design it and, she, and we would make it together. But as far as making a pattern, like I can sort of make a drawing of what mm-hmm. I want, but then I really needed her to help make a pattern um, and talk to her about how this would how this would work how and how we could make it simple enough that it could in theory be mass produced yeah, exactly. you don't want something that's so detailed that maybe you'll sell 12 of them on Etsy and it's going to take you all day to do each one <laughs> yeah. and, and know, like I, I assume I assume your husband was like we got to scale this thing like we can see thousands of these out yeah. in the wild <laughs> like, you know he's like where's the business around this that, that smile says that conversation like, definitely <laughs> happened <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so I would always be leaning toward like well I, we need a little more detail in this area and he'd be like just like slap the googly eyes on the thing and it's a blob and that's good out the <laughs> We need we need to sell we need to start selling them now. Yeah, we need to sell them yesterday, and they and they need to be simple enough that they could be easily made. But I also wanted something that I am proud of, and that I think you know has really unique qualities and Mm -hmm. isn't just like yet another thing. Um, Well, of course. So so you uh, so you got your mom to kind of like help you kind of do the patterns and get it going. Yeah. But then did you did you find somebody who wanted it? I mean, did you did you just create a few and then start? passing them out as gifts or how'd that go no the other really important step of the process is that uh, which was of course a connection kind of a friend of a friend um, is that Sean my husband through his business contacts had at one point met he thinks played golf with um, a guy named uh, Drew Oliver who started a company called Giant Microbes and Giant Microbes is a very successful plush doll company. I don't know if you've seen these. Um, <laughs> That's not what I was thinking about, like microbes, but I, yeah. in, in my world, like microbes, like uh, like the bacteria. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, there's like, a guy, Mr. Farmer, over here. <laughs> but anyways, right. Continue. But yeah, so so these are microbes, so viruses and bacteria, um, in the form of plush dolls. Oh, about so, this so they size. are okay. They are. They are plush dolls. Yeah, <laughs> and so, it is bacteria. Yeah. So the whole joke of it is you can give someone the flu or you can give someone gonorrhea or you can give some yeah that's <laughs> oh that's that great oh man oh yeah <laughs> and you guys are very creative over here all you in this corner <laughs> so that that meeting that Sean had with um, with this gentleman just really kind of stuck in his mind among his many other business ideas being like plush dolls like I mean Sean can't sew a button but mm-hmm. he just thought if he had a good idea a good gift idea and as Drew did mm-hmm. you know you could turn this into a multi-million dollar business which is which is what Drew's company now is um, so he got in touch with Drew and asked if he would meet with us and Drew lives in Connecticut um, in Greenwich and very successful um, guy and really helpful to us and friendly and we just went down and had coffee with him and we showed him we didn't have any dolls made at that time we just showed him some drawings we talked to him about our idea this idea of the office meets Lord of the Rings and really kind of angling this as an office gift a gift for your coworker. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was very encouraging and he was like yeah I think it's a great idea and um, he helped us get in touch with the factory that made our first 
dolls. Very because nice. we knew, well, we can make the dolls here, but I'm not going to be like an Etsy seller sewing dolls on the weekends. Like, I mean, either this is going to become a, a, a viable or company not, yeah. or, or not. You know, I, I love the dolls, but I don't actually want to spend all my time just like sewing dolls. I mm-hmm. want to like make this into something. And um, Drew works with several factories now because his company is so large. Mm-hmm. Um, so he hooked us up with one of the smaller factories that he felt would be willing to do a small run and a thousand dolls. In, in the minds of the Chinese factory plush manufacturing world is small. Oh, I can only imagine, yeah. Yeah, so, um, so, so we contacted his contact person, and that's how we started working with a factory in China to do the first run of um, our first designs, which were the sales goblin and the CEO. So, so Drew is really key in kind of getting us hooked up and figuring out how do we move this out of Margot's you know, kitchen with her mom into Amazon, into a, you know, a, a forum where we can really start seeing, are people it, interested in a, this? Are they buying yeah. this? Yeah. It's a scale thing, right? Yeah. You have to understand how to scale and how to get to that point because, again, it, 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 in, you know, sometimes with, with businesses, they, they think so small uh, for so long that they're like, I, that seems so out of reach. But if you go there right from the beginning, you're like, listen, we got the design. How do we get to, you know, I mean, again, a thousand is 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 small. So you really want to do ten thousand, twenty thousand. I mean, you want to be doing hundreds of thousands of these a year, right? Yeah. So I mean, that's that's how you become a sustainable business. So, and it's a, and it again, as I w- I would say, it always comes down to connections. You know, like it's not necessarily connections on like who you you personally know, but who have you had business with in the past? How who of the kind of the suppliers you've talked to in the past? Um, and you know, uh, as as everybody understands in the ecosystem is that passing around relationships is how kind of everybody kind of succeeds. That's absolutely true. Yep. I mean, I think it's all, it's all, it's all who you, it's largely who you know. Um, and we also just got some really good advice from, from Drew and other people. One of his, uh, one thing that he told us was I would, he would make three or four, maybe four designs, you know, don't go for 10,000 mm-hmm. each, do a thousand, do whatever the smallest amount is you can do and kind of get them done and see what sells. Because you might think, Oh, yeah. the sales goblin is going to be the thing, you know, but then you get this to the market and you find that only women are buying these and they only want creatures that look like women. So you should make more female dolls. So you can sort of start to gauge what future designs you should make based on what is selling. Mm-hmm. And it's just it, I just want to go back to this point that, you know, it's very interesting that you found someone in Connecticut that could actually help you in a big way with this, give you that advice. You know, that, that's important advice. And in this specific industry. Right. No, <laughs> like plush doll yeah, industry. Plush dolls. But yeah, yeah. That, you know, that's something that, again, I think Connecticut benefits from being a smaller state. Yeah. You know, if you have a decent network, it's it's not that hard to find someone who knows, you know, your industry or kind of can, you know, point you in the right direction. Yeah, no. So, so I assume, so, you know, basically what Drew was talking about was customer discovery. He's like, get it out there, put a product in there, and if people are buying, then that means that they like it. If they're not buying, then you got to come with something else, right? Yeah, get some feedback and allow that to guide, you know, what you do mm-hmm. in the next steps. Nice. So, so how many uh, did you do of, like, the first uh, two runs? So you said the Sales Goblin and the Orc were the first two, right? Right. So did you get through that first order or what? So we did a little more than a thousand of each of these. As I said earlier, the factory we're working with would do uh, had to be a minimum of a thousand mm-hmm. in order for them to even like Make fire up the machines. Um, we did a little bit more just because you wind up paying a lot in terms of packaging, shipping, shipping these dolls from China here, and you know the the more you make, the better deal you're going to get on shipping them. Yeah. So, 
anyway, that doesn't mean you want to jump up to 30,000, but we just decided that we would make a little bit more. So we made about 1,200, mm-hmm. I think, of each and, um, and had them shipped to the United States. And then they had to clear customs and you've got to go through all this stuff. Um, and they were shipped directly to an Amazon warehouse because oh, by okay. then we had established ourselves as an Amazon seller. Mm-hmm. And um, Amazon basically told us which factories these were going to. And so we worked with them to make that happen. They arrived in, you know, from China to California. And here we are over on the East Coast. And we were like, they're here. They're somewhere in California. Um, <laughs> and then getting on trucks, going out to three different Amazon warehouses. Um, so you never even the saw them, never even touched them, t- seen them, nothing. No. So, well, th- I should say the factory, in working with the factory, I would send the factory a prototype, a, a handmade doll, yeah. um, in addition to my instructions. And I would, s- I sent them the handmade doll, and then they made their best copy of that um, using their materials yeah. and their sewers. And then they sent, it back, and and then they sent it back. Yeah. Yep. And so they've sent me a picture, and then I would say, this isn't right, that's not right. And when we were close enough from the pictures, I'd say, okay, that's pretty close, send it to me. Then they would send that to me, and then I would kind of give my final approval. So I had seen the factory-made doll uh-huh. so, um, before we made the big order for the 1,000. What was So what was your experience working with the, the Chinese manufacturer? Was it, uh, some people have a nightmare, some people, it's, you know, it's business, you know what I mean? It's just, it's, okay, that's good enough, you know? And, uh, what was your experience? It's been pretty challenging. Um, My husband primarily is the one who's been dealing with communicating with the factory, but he's actually talking with a woman in California. She is our liaison with the factory in China, and neither she nor the person in China in the factory are actually Chinese. Oh, oh, okay. (laughs) Well, you know, one of them is Taiwanese and another one is from like North Korea. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's so the language barrier is, is considerable. Um, a lot has to be communicated with pictures. There's a lot of things where she gets back to us in sort of broken English. And I'm not sure that we're quite, so I'd say, yeah, communication is, has been difficult. Um, that said, it looks like they came out pretty good. Yeah, we're. we're, we're I got. I mean, you know what I mean. Like, we're looking at them, and it does look like you know, maybe there was a lot of back and forth, but I guess that's what you have to do, right? Yeah, and they were very patient with us, and I think Hmm. I think having the recommendation from Drew was huge because there are lots of factories in China and lots of brokers like that. I mean, you can get into a rabbit hole. I mean, you go to Alibaba and say you want to talk to somebody. Yeah. And who knows how many you know plush doll factories there are? I mean, I I just have no idea, and Hmm. I wouldn't even know where to begin to. To find one that would be worth working with, you could spend a lot of money just like having people make prototypes mm-hmm. and paying for shipping. And what are you really dealing with? You can't walk down the street and go talk to them. Like, mm-hmm. they're really far away. Um, so that recommendation was really helpful. And I think he also was recommending a factory that would do a small batch and that would be patient enough with a with a young company that was just getting their designs going. Yep. Um, Before going on to, like, the bigger guys. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, and I assume you're it, luckily for you, your husband gets to deal with all that stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, and you get to just deal with the designing, right? Yeah, I mean, I've dealt with some stuff that's not super fun, also, but it is a little bit like this. Starting the company was he was really the the force behind it, and mm-hmm. I kind of got on board. And after I got on board oh, and started work. designing, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, then I I started getting more more enmeshed than I than I thought I would, and taking on more. Uh, more responsibilities so we're you know we're sharing but definitely a lot of the nitty-gritty of dealing with amazon and dealing with the um chinese factory contact mm-hmm. i mean this was these were early days and i was like you do it like this was your idea like yep. yeah you're the one that you know? wanted to do this i said yes yeah. i said okay you can pick up another <laughs> yeah. hobby you know? i mean i said i'll 
I'll sew a, I'll sew a doll that you know that I think looks good, but I am not you know dealing with all of the shipping issues. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So so um, in in regards to that, like I mean, did you um. Again, selling the the uh, uh, all those orders did was it straight like Amazon was I mean did you just do social media I mean how did you go about it or again was that was that all in your uh, husband's hands? We worked on that together. I mean the 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 dolls arrived at Amazon, and then we placed orders for the dolls because we sort of couldn't quite believe that they were there. We wanted to like test it out. Yeah, <laughs> so, well, you, yeah, you got to make sure. Yeah, so we ordered our own dolls mm-hmm. and had them sent to us. And that was an exciting day when they arrived, you know, with an Amazon box. The power of the internet. Totally. <laughs> I, have a, you know? I have an online store. I have my own factory that has them. They'll ship them. Everything. Yeah, right? yeah. From China, you know, from my idea to China to, uh, you know, the Amazon warehouse, wherever that was in Texas, and then to our door back again. It was it was pretty cool. Um, and then we then we sort of officially launched by telling friends and family about our website, and through our website they could link on Amazon because people are not on Amazon looking for chief executive oh, for orcs sure. yeah, exactly, or yeah. goblin office <laughs> gifts. Like they're just not googling those yeah. search not terms. Yet. Not, not yet. Not yet. Yeah. So we're on Amazon, but no one knows we're there. This is the situation in the early fall mm-hmm. when they when the dolls had arrived, and we're like, great! And then it's like tumbleweeds. You know, you don't hear anything. But so we we. Started with Facebook, our personal Facebook accounts, and getting friends and family to start buying them. We really needed reviews. You know, it's like you don't exist on Amazon if you don't have reviews. So just like begging everyone we knew to please review, um, including our parents or just anybody. So we started getting a, you know some reviews there. Sean also made a heroic effort to try to get um, press coverage. Reached out to you guys yep. as well as many other podcasters. Yes, and yes. Uh, shout out to Sean. He shout definitely Sean. was. The, he definitely <laughs> tracked us down <laughs> online. Email. I mean, it actually. You know, this was back in what November yeah. or October. So we finally thank you know thank you for your patience. Finally got you on. But um, yeah, he's he's out there hustling. He is hustling big yeah. time. Yeah. So it's it's like now you have this product and we're really excited about it. But there's so much out there. There's so much stuff on Amazon. There's so many plush dolls alone. Like, yeah. how do you get noticed um, in a world that is chattering constantly with social media? And it's, I mean, it's nice that it's a democracy and sort of anybody can make this happen, but how do you, I mean, how do you rise above the general chitter chatter for anybody to notice what you're doing? So that has been a huge challenge. We did some advertising on Amazon and on Facebook where you try to target your demographic. We targeted people who like The Office, people who like Lord of the Rings, people who work in offices, like doing different ones and just seeing what they, you know, who seem to be responding. But it's it's been a huge challenge. It's 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 a little bit of an art. and It's a little bit of luck. I mean, that's 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 my game. And, you know, you could be great at Facebook and some people just seem to get lucky with it. But, you know, you got a lot of it's playing. It's A-B testing, which is what you're doing. It's trying different targeting, yeah. different things. Uh, Facebook changes everything weekly. Uh, you know, you can't do cryptocurrency ads or anything on there anymore, which affects some. So it's it's a moving target. So don't feel too bad. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> and I will have to say, I mean, it, it, it makes it seem as if I mean, you, you're this is truly like one of those businesses that without the Internet, it, you would never have started this. Right. Like you just saw so many different challenges. Oh, my God, we got to warehouse this thing and we got to do right. this, you know, and it just it, it like, again, to, to probably get, um, you know, all those to, all the toys. Yeah. To you, you got to rent at least a storage space, all right? So now you have that. You have you, so, so much of the things. Now Amazon, you don't have the labor force to have to pack them. You don't have to do any of that, right? I mean, they take a little yeah. bit of fee, right? However, it just makes it easier. So it's just kind of kind of interesting to see somebody go from an idea, and it's, again, 
less than a year, you already are selling product, right? Right. You, you already tech the business is up and running, and you know, presumably, you know, making money and profitable. So, um, so that that's that's very interesting. Um, so I guess you you coming up, you're going to be doing a Kickstarter, right? Yeah. So this is our focus right now is a Kickstarter campaign for our newest. Um, doll, which is a little bit of an offshoot of our original line, and that's okay. what we're focusing on. Some people would say inspirational, and some people would say it's more on the creature side. But, um, but you know, no, tell us a little bit about the, uh, <laughs> the new one that's uh, going to be launched with the, with the Kickstarter. So uh, after I made the first couple of dolls, the chief executive orc and the sales goblin, and it was actually my sister who, in looking at those dolls, said, well, you really need to make a Donald Trump-type doll. <laughs> I think I think the orc's horns inspired her. I don't know, um, and they were in bright colors. And he's just, she's like, you got to do an orange one and like make it like Trump, and that would be hilarious. And and I talked the, over the idea with Sean. He was like, I don't know. We don't want to get into like the politics and like you know offend people or uh, it's sort of it's, it's sort of kind of off brand. He said. And I was like, I don't know. I think it'd be fun. So I made Donald one. Donald Trump would never be in the office. All right, he'd <laughs> he never be in the, in the show. The office. Come on, <laughs> he doesn't correspond to a character on the office. <laughs> So, but I just thought it would be fun. So I made the handmade um, Donald Trump um, doll, which we called Donald J. Troll, of course. Um, I don't think anybody's going to get that one, but but that's that's yeah. just me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I get it. Um, and uh, I made I actually made two of the handmade dolls. I gave one as a gift to my sister because it was really her idea, and I just started showing it to people, and we got a response just. You know, really just hand, you know, a sample of just friends and family, not very statistically accurate, but people really were like, that is funny. You know, that that is something that I would want. You know, that is something that I would want either to cuddle with, to stick pins in, to like, it just captured people's imagination. Voodoo doll. <laughs> yeah. To chuck against a wall when I'm angry. Yeah, like it definitely, cause, because, you know, he does um, inspire, if you want to use that word, a lot of emotion, a lot of reaction. People don't know quite to do with how they feel about this, about him, about his political point of view. And I, and I feel like it just kind of taps into something that's kind of exciting in a way that the other creatures, as sweet as they are, like doesn't quite get that reaction. So I thought we've got to make Donald J. Troll. And so and so I assume the 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 customer feedback is what really convinced your your husband, right? You're, he's like, wow, people would buy this thing. Let's do it, or, or what? Yeah. Like he came around pretty quickly, or what? He did come around pretty quickly. <laughs> I, yeah, I think they'd be like, well, what about what about Donald J. Troll? And you're like, it's off brand, and blah, blah, blah. and people are like, but Donald J. Troll, and it's like you've got to hear what people are are saying. Um, and I think it's also just saying, okay, we put these dolls on Amazon. We're trying. Facebook and kind of, you know, mumbling along here and what else could we do and just to be open about other ways that we might get noticed. Maybe Donald J. Troll is going to be the the doll that gets our company on mm. the map. I mean, it, it, it's, it's uh, again, it's a way to just, you know, try and tap into another market and really get, it, it can be a snowball. Like you're saying, you know, this, you know, you do the Kickstarter right and get some interest. This could be a very interesting uh, line. <laughs> the, the funny thing I would I would want to see is the A/B testing on uh, it, it going to people that love Trump yeah. and people that hate Trump. I could almost see both of them buying it equally as much. 
Yeah. <laughs> like that's the that's the best part about it because you know like the the people that love him be like oh my god he is a troll he trolls all those liberals every day and then and the other ones be like he is a troll he's a, you know he's a monster <laughs> and, the, and the, both of them almost almost simultaneously would would be supporting it and also like using it against the other one it would, I, it, it would be again a modern uh, only the internet would be able to you know do do something this, really this really powerful. only the internet <laughs> <laughs> nice so so the uh, Kickstarter is for uh, Donald J Troll right that's right all right cool when are you thinking about launching it so we're planning to launch february 27th and it will be a five-week kickstarter campaign so essentially it's the month of march um we are putting together a video right now we've already shot the video it's being edited by a friend of mine in new york um for kickstarter which features of course donald j troll um as kind of a puppet (laughs) and Mm -hmm. i kind of rigged him up as a puppet so he could talk Um, no subtlety there (laughs) there you go and if all comes together, it'll be February 27th. So I'm just going to put that date out there. Um, and certainly the entire month, month of March will be Kickstarter. Very cool. Very cool. So this is, I, I'm very excited to see where this goes. Um, and, you know, I think you're going to be able to leverage some of the uh, press that uh, Trumpy Bear has gotten recently. And yeah. uh, ho- hopefully you're just on par with the, the, that, the kind of video. Because if you are, it's literally going to go viral. And I hope you're, you know, you're ready for the hustle because... Uh, this may, uh, you never know, this may make your uh, business, you know, uh, you know, that viable thing that you and your husband are looking for. And, and where, where can we, uh, we're running out of time here, but where, uh, what's your website? Where can they find you? So the website is www.inspirationalcreatures.com. So if you want to go to our website at any time, it will have information about our Kickstarter campaign. Um, if you go to YouTube and you type in Donald J. Troll or Donald J. Troll uh, puppet, one of the first ones to pop up, might not be the very top one, but like in the first five or ten, it will look like our doll, and we have some videos already on YouTube, um, little teasers, and uh, that's another way you can look at it, or you can go to Kickstarter um, as of February 27th and type in Donald J. Troll, but probably the first thing to do is just to go to our website that will have all the info, and it will have a link there to our Kickstarter campaign. Very cool. Well, thank you very much, Margo, and uh, you know we uh, look forward to seeing where this goes. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to CT Startup. More Connecticut startup news, information, and events can be found at ctstartup.com. The weekly episodes of this podcast can be downloaded from iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and ctstartup.com. Finally, we would like to thank both Sublime Exposure Online and Mirtha Kalima for providing resources and space to CT Startup, which make this show possible. See you next week.